bitch right there. That bitch right there. Look at that bitch right there. You ain't. And we're back. This is Dump on the Ump, season three, episode nine, I think. It's been a while, but we're back. My name is Joel, Champaign, Illinois. Uh, I'm Sam. Sam. I'm broadcasting from Brooklyn right now. We are still short, Jesse. He is lost somewhere in yeah. upstate New York. But he he's unable to access technology of any sort from an undisclo undisclosed location. He's always yeah, kind of hesitant to tell us where he is anyway. So yeah, I have a I got a Pony Express letter from him the other day actually. It said he was lighting fires by rubbing two sticks together. So, man, he's, uh, he's having a hard time accessing the internet, basically. Comcast service has really gone down lately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think his phone is now just a tin can tied to a rope that leads nowhere. <laughs> he is just spending time with the animals of the forest, really. Yeah, exactly. Talking to a tin can, like trying to keep the mountain lions away. <laughs> That's where he gets his Wi Fi. <laughs> carrier pigeon, communicating via carrier pigeon. Yeah. So the two of us, and we also, we don't, we tried some last second scrambling to try to get a special guest, but. Uh, did not succeed in that. So it's just the two of us for tonight. Um, but I think we can manage, definitely. Again, this is Dump on the Ump. I want to say, hey, thanks very much for everyone who listened to our last podcast. We had quite a few... Um, we had quite a few audience members listening on SoundCloud.com. Uh, we had people listening to us on our iTunes. So... That was super great. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for willing to spend at least an hour with us. And if you're a robot, still, thank you, robots, to our yeah. future robot overlords. We do not discriminate. No, this is a discrimination-free zone. We appreciate yeah. it. Uh, but robot, check it out. human, whatever. Mountain lion. Mountain lion. Carrier pigeon. <laughs> the the yep. groundhogs. There used to be a possum living under my porch. I don't know if he listens to us. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Probably. He's, he's listening to you right now, Joel. <laughs> yeah, possums are creepy. I mean, yeah. I, I love them, but they're creepy. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> anyway, that being said, if any of you listeners are interested in being a guest on our show, uh, you can tweet at us, or you can find us on Facebook. Yes. Which is... Dump on the Ump mm -hmm. at Facebook. I don't know how Facebook. Just look up Dump on the Ump. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a good. We're on, we're on Instagram and uh, SoundCloud, right? Yeah. iTunes. Yep. Can you send us messages through SoundCloud? Yes, you can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Read a comment on SoundCloud at the end of your troll message saying you want to be on the uh, show. And yes. We'll, we'll hit you up. Definitely. Yeah, or Facebook. Address is facebook.com slash dump on the ump. All one word, all lowercase. Which is pretty convenient. Like, 
Getting dump on the ump as a web address is not very difficult. Like a Twitter handle right. is also at dump on the ump. Yeah. Right. I feel like people would have snapped that up years ago. There's, have I talked to you about that board game? Right. There is a board game. Yeah. Dump on the ump. Not affiliated with us at all. Right. We're trying to acquire them, though. We should. Yeah. I don't know if the game's any good. We should but ask. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't played board games in a while. Right, we talked about that last time. Yeah. Uh, still on a board game episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, you're back for vacation. Do you want to show anything about it? Anything cool? Uh, it was, yeah, it was cool. It wasn't super sports-oriented, although I did manage to watch my first, probably, NBA game of the year while I was down there. I was playing at this bar that I was at, so Celtics... Wizards playoff game. Um, but yeah, it was cool, man. It was like really hot. And uh, we went to these, like, me and my brother went to these Mayan ruins, saw some cool pyramids, uh, went on the beach, you know, pretty standard vacation stuff. Good time for it. Yeah, that was good. Mm -hmm. Also, it was 107 degrees down there. Ooh. Which was brutal. Yeah, that's too hot. Yeah, I don't know. I, I work in hot kitchens, so it was like, I was okay with it. But even still, it seemed excessive. Mm -hmm. And so it was humid. Like, was it humid? Super humid. Yeah, we were in the middle of the jungle. Yeah. But it was, you know, it seemed like, I feel like I've, you know, if you're outside, it shouldn't be that hot, you know? That's like inside heat. Oh, when you're in a kitchen or a hot House. Yeah, sauna, oh. you know, steam room. Right. So it's like going outside and it's always a sauna. Right. How is the ocean? I mean, did you just have to go swimming all the time? Uh, yeah, did some ocean swimming, did some river swimming, uh, did some liquor swimming, you know, <laughs> all that good vacation stuff. But I've never been to the Caribbean before. I was in Belize. Uh -huh. uh, man, like you see these pictures see these pictures it's like oh Caribbean paradise you know mm -hmm. and it's like the water is that kind of brilliant turquoise blue color and like that shit is for real mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean it's like mm -hmm. bizarre color for water to be so I'm used to like the Atlantic which is like greenish gray brown uh, like you would expect you know all of the world's fish toilet to look like <laughs> but you know, down there, it's like, you know, it looks like a, like a painting or like some sort of like, I don't know, like sci-fi show. Yeah. Belize is on the Pacific side? Uh, yeah, it's on the Gulf. Oh. Well, it's on the Caribbean Sea, actually. Oh, no, okay. It's not on the Pacific Sea. It's, it's not on the Pacific side. It's on the other side. It's on the Atlantic. It's on, yeah, it's on the Caribbean side. Okay. It's on the, what yeah. we would consider the East Coast. Yeah. But. East Coast. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's also it's a tiny country. Like we right. went all over the country. And it's like two hours end to end basically in the car. Right. Which is cool. Now you did some saw some Mayan ruins and stuff, right? Yep. How was that? Saw, oh man. So cool. It was like I don't know, man. That shit is so crazy. Because it's like there are these crazy pyramids, and we climbed up this one pyramid that was like 
45 meters, something like that, which is like 15 stories. And it was on top of this like mountain. We were like hiked up this mountain and then climbed up this pyramid to the top and you could see forever. You could see the ocean and you could see Guatemala also. And it was, uh, you know, well above everything. And you just imagine it when it was built, you know, however many thousands of years ago because that shit is all really old. Right. That's like all pre-Columbian, basically. This is Mayan civilization? Yeah, the Mayans. Okay. And it's just kind of mind-boggling. But if you just imagine, you know, back in the day, you're like the king or emperor or like high priest or whoever was on in charge and you just hung out up there all day and you're like, oh, I want to sacrifice this person, you know, and then just like <laughs> sacrifice them and the blood goes all down the steps and you're just like literally looking over your entire kingdom because you can see it from up there, you know? It would go to your head. Is that what you're implying? Oh, I imagine. Yeah. But I mean, those, I feel like the Mayans, well, that's not true, actually. I don't know. What? They, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I, I mean, I, I'm getting my central, from South American ancient cultures confused, I think. But they, took, they like, their kings were, were, like, descendants of gods or, like, like uh, gods, you know? Right. So I imagine it's, like, I mean, it went to my head. So yes, a normal guy, but they already thought that they were born divine, so. So no big so, deal. You're sitting on top of a massive right, pyramid. Of course you are. Yeah. Of course you're yeah. sitting on top of that. Yeah, sweet. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah. Well, uh, this episode is brought to you by the Tourism Board of Brazil. No, Belize. Belize? Oh, Brazil? Oh, no, Belize. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Belize. <laughs> <laughs> Come to Belize. Not you go to Belize. It's good. Yeah. It was, some of like weird things is like everybody down there was trying to get us to move down there. Huh. Yeah. And I've never been to a country where they're like, yeah, come and visit, and then don't leave. Stay That's interesting. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming they need tourist money, but... Right. I wonder Real estate's, there's like nobody lives there. It's really weird. And huh. land is cheap. And like this one guy was explaining to me, we stayed in an Airbnb and he also took us on a tour uh-huh. of, of these caves that we went into. But he was telling me, it's like, you know, the whole jungle that you would buy is just filled with like these rare woods that they use to make like furniture and cabinets and shit. Uh-huh. He's like... He spends, you know, 20 grand on however many acres of jungle land, and then you just go cut down all the mahogany, and it has already paid for itself, you know? Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, maybe that's um, your next investment, dude. Yeah, Great adventure. You could retire down, you know, we'll get start getting paid to do this, and right. take that money, and move down to Belize. I bet the uh, cost of living is cheaper. Yeah, it's like everything's half price. Yeah. Cool. Well, you watched some basketball down there. Did you watch any baseball? Uh, no, didn't have any baseball playing. Probably. Have you watched yes. any baseball since you got back? No, I've been working. Oh. I like got home at four in the morning and then went to work 
like got up at eight to go to work. Yeah. So how was work? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. I was pretty tired the first day, but I've been fine since then. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, it's only a two-hour time difference. So. Right, but it's a long flight, right? How long is that flight? Uh, we transferred in San Salvador. So like what's been the team San reaction? Salvador to New York. Um, and it was like, I don't know, it was pretty easy, man. Uh, we just had a really long layover in San Salvador until I got back to the did you see any, like, Jaguars or Capybara? Uh, no. No, they, oh, but, shit, I didn't tell you the best part. Yeah. Uh, we didn't see any Jaguars, which is fine. Saw a lot of cool birds. Like, have you ever seen a pelican in real life? Yes. Yeah, they look like pterodactyls. Yeah, pelicans are cool. They would straight up look like dinosaurs in the sky. And then they just, like, drop from the sky and then blast into the ocean. And right. then come back up with a fish. In formation? Were they flying in formation? Uh, I mean, they're kind of like we're swarming, but it wasn't like they were. I've seen them, and it may be a different species of pelican, but I've seen them real, they look just like, you know, uh, B-1 bombers or whatever, like, in the V formation, and then they all go down, kind of, you know, one after the other. Yeah, that's also apparently all the Canadian geese go for to Belize for the winter. Huh. Which is cool because, like, in New York, that's on the migratory path for right. Canadian geese. So, it's like, for like a week in the fall, there's just a million geese here. And then they all go down there. Well, yeah. the coolest thing, though, is like we were driving from one place to another where this guy was driving us. Um, and you're going through the mountains and the jungle. And it's beautiful, like really cool mountains, like lush, jungly jungle, you know? Uh-huh. And then we're like driving down this hill. It's pretty steep. We're driving down this hill, and the guy stops. And he's like, all right, dude, you have to check this out right now. And he throws the car in the neutral, takes his foot off the brake, and we start rolling backwards up the hill. Huh. And they call them magnetic hills. He couldn't explain to me why it happened. But it was like we were in, like, picking up speed, too. We were, like, going against the pull of gravity and accelerating, you know? That is creepy. <laughs> that would was, freak me out. so cool. It was the coolest thing. See, and that would make me believe in some kind of magic or UFO or alien yeah. presence or gods. Ancient aliens, that's... Yeah, if you had a magnetized mountain, that's some X-Files shit right there. Yeah. There's a magnetized mountain in Belize. Yep. Yeah, a couple of them. Huh. Well, you went... On our way back from where we were going at that point, we also hired a car to take us where we were going. Uh Uh-huh. The guy did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's but, like the thing to show the tourists. <laughs> yeah, Check this yeah. out. The car goes up hill. <laughs> and I'm really glad that they did because I hadn't heard of that before. Right. So it was like, and he, you know, the guy was telling me about it. And I was like, I that doesn't sound like a real thing. Right. Plus, Jeeps are huge. I mean, you need an incredibly powerful magnet to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, so I think that there's probably like a 
giant spaceship buried under there. And it's gyroscopic gravity pull is like makes you roll uphill. That'd be awesome. Yep. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Probably true. Probably. Yeah. So baseball. Yeah, baseball. It's all happening. It's all happening. It is May. Um the White Sox are not terrible. No. That's a good what's, thing. What's their record? They're 15 and 16. Uh-huh. Game under 500. They'd gone on a six-game winning streak, which oh, got nice. everybody all excited. Um, but then they went to Baltimore, got swept by the Orioles, uh-huh. and they've lost four in a row now. So, you know, expectations are tampered a little bit, but that's okay. That's okay. So, Roller coaster of emotions. It, it is a roller coaster of well, actually, no, it's the opposite of that. I think because I am under no uh, qualms, no delusions of grandeur at all. I doubt, <coughs> I doubt the White Sox will be above five hundred again this season. Let me put it right. that way. And it's kind of got me a little nervous. You know, last year they had a record-breaking April, and it got everyone all excited, so they weren't uh-huh. sellers at the trade deadline because they thought they were going to compete, and then it, everything fell apart, more or less. Right. And so I'm kind of expecting that to happen, although in all honesty, a lot of the offensive players are still underperforming right now, but their wow. pitching is really bad. Their starting rotation... Is, is very, very bad. I was watching them play uh, Baltimore uh, a week ago, I guess it was now. And it was the first of the second inning, and the bases were loaded. And White Sox pitcher Dylan Covey, bases uh-huh. were loaded. It was bottom of the first. Bases were loaded. And Dylan Covey balked in a, a run. Oh, nice, <laughs> just like, like he, he he turned like he was gonna throw it to third, and he, it was a balk, and it was the umpire was completely right about it and scored a run. And at the time, it was like, all right, whatever, we're just gonna get get the doors blown off of us. That's fine. But then the White Sox later in the game made a rally. They were down four nothing, scored two runs in the fifth, two runs in the eighth. They end up losing six to five. Alright. So, so that's not bad. No, that's not bad, but the the boxed in run turned out to be the difference in the game. Yeah, that's the winning run. That's the winning run. Right. With the they're all winning runs, I suppose. So you know, there's stupid things that happen. I feel like in a season as long as the baseball season with as many games as there are in the baseball season, a lot of stupid stuff is going to happen. Yeah. That was one thing. Yeah, there's just so many opportunities for it to happen. Right. Which is something that's great about baseball, but also right. kind of infuriating. But it all my, depends. It all depends. But my, I my, the Baltimore fans were just like laughing hysterically when that happened. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, the White Sox deserved it, rightfully so. Right. And it was weird. I mean, Baltimore swept. It was a three-game series in Baltimore, and the Orioles swept the White Sox. But I came away. If if 
there's any way you can come away from getting swept in a three-game series feeling optimistic. That's uh, what happened. Like, right. one of the games was kind of a blowout, but wow. the other two games were relatively close. The White Sox were competitive. I think they've got they've got something. Let me put that. They've got something that they can build on. I just hope that management doesn't start thinking that they can make the playoffs this year. I think that... Right. Because, I mean, they're in the AL Central. Cleveland's got a slow start. All the teams in the AL Central are bunched up right together. Uh-huh. One, two, three, four. Cleveland, Minnesota, Detroit, Chicago. There's two and a half games separating those four teams. So, I could see someone fooling themselves into thinking the White Sox right. can, can make a run. This is our year! Right, right. Yeah. Or, not even this is our year, hey, if just a few breaks go our way, we can make the playoffs, and once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. Right. I think that's a dangerous mindset for any team to take. The, right, I feel like most teams don't think that way anymore, though. What do you mean? Like, I feel like there's, like, a lot of the emotion has gone out of running a baseball team, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody should be having fun except for the fans. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, the last thing I want to say about the White Sox before we move on is Jose Quintana, right? Uh-huh. He is, if they've got, if they have an ace, it would be he's him. It. He would be right. it, right? Uh-huh. But he's not that good. I mean, he's, right. he's good enough, but he's not that good. And uh-huh. with the way things are happening in Major League Baseball, with all the injuries, uh-huh. I just feel like Quintana is worth so much, or could be worth so much, as a starting pitcher to be sold at the trade deadline, that they that's the only thing they should be considering right now. Right. Um, All right. You said something. Okay, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, you just said all of the injuries in baseball. Do you feel like there's been a lot of injuries in baseball this year? I do, but that no. may be skewed because they're all happening to my fantasy baseball team. Oh, uh, okay. Why do you think that is? Well, you were talking... I mean, first of all, I think it's mostly pitchers. Right. And you were talking last week, or last time we podcasted about two weeks ago, you know, pitchers are throwing harder than ever. Right. Um, And that may be contributing something to it. Uh Uh-huh. But, I mean, I, I honestly don't know. I feel like... Here's what I think. Mm-hmm. I feel like people aren't getting hurt more than they are usual than they usually are. I feel like organizations are more interested in protect, protecting their investment and their brands than they used to be. Interesting. Like I feel like there's a lot more, you know, with social media and like, you know, the. 24-hour ESPN and all of the other sports network, like, news cycle that individual players are, you know, 
much more visible than they used to be. Uh-huh. Not to mention, everyone's getting paid like a shitload of money now. It's ridiculous. Right. And I feel like teams are like, you know, maybe we throw him on the DL rather than risk him getting more hurt, even if he, like, could play. You know what I mean? I do. Do you think it would have... How much do you think it has to do with improved science, improved medicine? I feel like improved science and medicine, people would be getting hurt less. But what if they're able to detect the injuries more? I mean, what if... I'm pulling this out of my ass right now. But what if 20 years ago a guy had a torn muscle or a torn ligament, well, probably not a torn ligament, but a torn muscle, and or, or even, I mean, you've got injuries like a blister to the thumb or right. a sore shoulder or a sore elbow. Uh-huh. Those are the kind of injuries that maybe now will put a guy on a 10-day list, DL, that I could imagine they just played through back in the 80s and had shorter careers. I mean, maybe. Yeah. But, like, no... But I feel like a pitcher's career is not that much longer than it used to be. I mean, you know, Cy Young used to throw 250 pitches every other day. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... And how many years did he play for? He played... I don't know. Shitload. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And... I feel like, you know, he was probably lucky. And a lot of these guys, these, like, superstar pitchers from, like, older eras where maybe there was, like, you know, just rub a little whiskey on it and get back yeah. out there was, yeah. the, like, that was the trainer's recommendation. But, you know, I feel like, uh, I feel like people are, like, worried about the, like, players and management are worried more about the career-ending sort of injuries. That could be. be. That could be. But, I mean, I'm looking at a list of injuries right now. Uh-huh. Noah Syndergaard's got a partial tear of his right lat. Right. That's one thing. Aaron Sanchez of Toronto on the DL with a split fingernail. Right. Tyler Skaggs. Annabelle. Annabelle, wait. No, Aaron Sanchez. Not Annabelle Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez. Uh-huh. Stephen Wright, knee sprain. Uh-huh. He's out for the season. Yeah, he's getting surgery. Yeah, maybe. I I wonder. I mean, I I think you might be onto something. It would be something that we should do more research about. Right. Like, are there are there injuries now that players, especially pitchers, I think that there is something unique about shutting down a pitcher and not wanting to risk long-term damage to a pitcher uh, as compared to other baseball players. Right. Position players. Hmm. Well, let me, let me say one more thing about Jose Quintana, and then let's move on. Um, yeah. so, so I feel like Quintana, he's, he's not an ace. I feel like he should be like the third best pitcher on, like, a playoff-quality team, right? Like, he's not that great. His career ERA is 3.45. His career career whip is 1.25. This year, his ERA is 4.46. 
Okay. With a whip of 1.44. He's given up. I mean, okay, so he's 2 and 5. That doesn't really mean anything. His last inning, his last outing against the Orioles, he pitched five innings, gave up nine hits, four runs, three walks, four strikeouts. Uh I guess my worry is that I want Quintana to stay in that sweet spot where he's good enough that competitive teams are going to be interested in him and willing to sell the bank in order to get him. Sell the farm, I guess. And we would be the bank in this analogy. The other team would be the desperate Fulham family who would be willing to sell the Fulham to get him. But not good. I don't want him to get good enough that we think he is an ace worth building the future around. Because that's what we kept doing with Chris Sale, who is amazingly good. Chris Sale is yeah. way better than Jose Quintana. That guy's definitely worth building the future around. Right, which they tried to do over and over and over again, but kept stepping on their own toes. Right. Anyway, that's what I wanted to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you want him to have maximum trade value. Maximum trade value. Without having too much. I don't want the... I feel like the White Sox management is so easily seduced into thinking that they are the guys... You know, you were talking about, well, I don't think teams make emotional decisions the same way now that they used to. And I agree with that, maybe with the exception of the Chicago White Sox, who I just don't think are well-managed. Right. They're just listening to, like, jock jams 24 hours a day, like, pounding coffee. Yeah. Isn't like, this great? Watching highlights, like, watching Frank Thomas highlights all the time. <laughs> they do love Frank Thomas. Everybody loves Frank Thomas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I, I posted a thing from Fox Sports a couple of days ago, you know, who could be looking for pitching and the, the Mets and the Red Sox were two teams that were listed. Do you think the Red Sox are a team that's going to be out shopping for more pitching come the trade deadline? I feel like that's not our biggest need. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like we have been, I mean, it's hard to tell. There's been like, what, 30 games, something like that? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of hard to be like, oh, and, you know, the Red Sox are above 500, so it's kind of hard to be like, what we really need right now is X. But I'd say thus far through the season, uh, our pitching, specifically our starting pitching, has been our most consistent, strong suit. Um and that has to do with a couple people kind of pitching above their expectations um, and having a couple quality starts from... That's not even true. We have this one guy, Eduardo Rodriguez, who pitches very well this season. Um, he's a young guy. He's been around for a little while. But, you know, we're just kind of waiting for a breakout year. And, like, thus far, it's been kind of looking like this might be it. Um. But what we have been lacking so far is power bats and kind of consistency in scoring runs. Uh-huh. Um, although 
our past three games, over the past three games, the Red Sox have scored, uh, hold on, 35 runs over the past three games. So that could be picking up. Um, but, you know, David Price is still on the disabled list. He'll be coming back, um, you know, potentially uh-huh. potentially to old form, hopefully. Um, and then we have uh, Sale, Chris Sale. Yes. Who has 73 strikeouts through seven starts, something like that, uh, which is ridiculous. It leads to major leagues. Um, he's got six straight games of at least ten strikeouts. Um, so he's been really consistent. Drew Pomerantz, who is, he pitched last night and had a pretty bad start. Gave up five runs or six runs. But he's been pitching pretty well. Uh, and then that guy, Rodriguez, who I mentioned before, was this young kid who throws gas. Uh, and um, he's been pitching pretty well. And then David Price comes back. But the kind of interesting thing is that all of those people that I just mentioned, uh-huh. they're all lefties. Huh. So we have a starting rotation right now who is almost entirely lefties. Um, and then there's Rick Porcello, who has kind of had a slow start, pitched pretty well his past three starts probably. But he won the Cy Young Award last year. Okay. So, you know, I think that Whereas maybe, you know, there's some question marks in our starting pitching. Uh-huh. We have three proven top-of-the-rotation guys, which is like any team would fucking dream about. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You guys crushed Minnesota. Eleven to one, and then seventeen to six. Yep, you scored ten runs in the ninth inning in that game. That's insane. Did you have ten runs in the ninth inning? Was ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) So ridiculous. Who gave up all those runs? I don't know. The the Twins bullpen is kind of in shambles. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of teams have bullpens that are in shambles right now. Yeah. Uh, the Nationals are kind of in trouble on that one, too. Nationals? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who else? The Tigers. Oh, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Detroit? Detroit? Yeah, yep. Detroit's bullpen. Yep. Sucks. So maybe someone will want Quintana and put him in the bullpen, bring him out as a middle reliever. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But probably not. I think he's probably got too much value. Yeah. As a starting pitcher. Starting pitching is a premium, man. As someone who can go six innings is like it's hard to put a price tag on that. Well I mean, it's they very, do. It, it's it's, <laughs> it's just a very high price tag. It keeps going up, you know what I mean? It's yes. Like, there's been no so far no proven ceiling at how much people will pay quality started pitching and it's like you know the rates have been going up faster than inflation so you know that it's not just market you know fluctuations right there's no fluctuations it just only goes straight up it's a bull market if you're a starting pitcher right right and the 
rosters of pitchers keep going up. More and more relief, like the ratio of players on a team's roster that are pitchers continues to rise also. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. More and more relievers, more and more starters also, but especially relievers. Um, let's go back real quick then to something we talked about last time, which is strikeouts. Uh-huh. Um, because this is pretty closely related to what we were just talking about. Um, I posted on our Facebook page this article from ESPN, ESPN written by Sam Miller. I'm going to read a couple of sentences to you because I think this is okay. interesting. Uh, the league sets strikeout rates every year, strikeout records every year, in part because pitchers throw harder every year, in part because bullpens are loaded with even more dominant one-inning relievers every year. Some 111 relievers struck out at least a batter per inning in 2016, almost four per team, compared to nine league-wide in 1992. More strikeouts mean a more stationary game, less action, and less ball-in-play time. More strikeouts also mean deeper counts, more pitches per plate appearance, and more incentive for batters to try to draw walks a game-lengthening feedback loop. As it is, there are simply too many good pitchers for a 30-team league. I thought that was very interesting. So was the argument of that article that we have to have more teams? Not really the argument. One point he made was each time offensive production starts dropping historically, Baseball has expanded to more teams, and that corrects it for a few years until right. teams beef up on their pitching again. But he also argued that baseball can only expand so many times, and that they may be at or close to saturation right now. You're at 30 teams. There's, you know, we talk about this a lot. Well, you could go to Montreal... You could go to Puerto Rico, although that'd right. probably be disastrous right now. You could Mexico go Mexico City. Mexico City, that'd be interesting. Maybe that's I the think next that would step. Be great. Going yeah. international, Portland, Oregon, always Portland. is trying to fight for a baseball team. I don't know if they can sustain one. Wait, is that true? Or that's just that's true. They've got a Triple A team right now. They've got wow. yeah. There's there's always each each. I feel like each uh, off season there's at least some contingent of. Oregonians who, are, who advocate for MLB team in Portland. And then Seattle shuts them down, I would imagine. Maybe. I don't think it's Seattle. I think Portland's really not big enough. Yeah, but I feel like that would definitely cut into this, the uh, Mariners, Mariners fan base. Yeah, I guess so. I love saying they, had, they both had NBA teams for 25 years, and that never seemed to bother them. Yeah, except for the Seattle team moved. <laughs> <laughs> Against their will. <laughs> <laughs> Against their will, exactly. <laughs> I guess. I don't know, yeah. yeah. It's like, you can't really make that argument with the NBA situation because right. clearly it didn't work out for one of those teams. Right. Yeah, but I, it wasn't, I, I don't think that was actually a financial decision. Uh, I mean, I really think that moving the team from Seattle to Oklahoma City is one of the dirtiest 
things the NBA has ever done. Right. That it was not financial. It was just to spite the city of Seattle, the taxpayers of Seattle. For refusing, they refused to build a new stadium. They refused to build a new stadium. Because they had just paid to build the Mariners' stadium. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, we should save that for a podcast with Jesse. With Jesse, yeah. He has, he has very strong feelings about that. Let me, yeah, let me just say, just growing up in Oregon in the 90s, especially in the 90s, when both teams were pretty good for several years, Right. Um, that was that was a cool. It was cool to have that rivalry. It was a very intense rivalry that's now occupied by Major League Soccer, which I hate. So right. I think it, I think it would actually be good to have an actual sports team in one of those towns, so they could have an actual sports rivalry. Because fuck soccer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> drink to that. Um, Let's talk about this 18-inning game because, because okay, strikeout rates are rising, home run rates continue to rise, games get longer and longer and more static because of it, and none of this was more apparent than an 18-inning game played between the Cubs and the Yankees, my two least favorite teams, that I nevertheless watched up until the 12th inning. Did you watch any of it? Yeah, good man. Um, got, I like will not watch the Yankees play baseball unless they're playing against the Red Sox. It was a pretty fun. I, if I had had, if I had been rooting for one of those teams, I would have been furious at this game. As it was, I was only annoyed <laughs> and irritated. I don't know, man. I love extra inning games. Oh, it wasn't the extra. It, no, no, it wasn't the extra inning. Yeah, I agree. Actually, I, it wasn't the extra innings yeah. that bothered. Um, it was the fact, well, first of all, they set a strikeout record, right? The most strikeouts ever in a Major League Baseball game. I think the number 48, was... 48, right? 48, I was going to say 44. Well, uh, I more, could be sensationalizing, I don't know. Well, I'll Google that in a minute, but it set the record. It set the record for longest interleague game of all time. Uh-huh. which, I mean... They, yeah, they haven't been playing interleague games that long. Right, other than the World Series. It's only been around for yeah. a few years. Still, 18 innings, pretty pretty long. Here's what made me mad. Okay. First of that all... The Yankees and the Cubs were on TV. That the Yankees long. and the Cubs were on TV for so <laughs> goddamn long. I had to go to work the next day. I was thinking it was giving me flashbacks to Game 7 of the World Series... Which was right. a game I cared about. Right. That was a great game. Which was a great game. Which was, But that game still irritated me because I wanted it to end because I had to go to bed because I had to go to work the next day. Right. This game, for some reason I was watching it and I had to go to work the next day and it was my two most hated teams in Major League Baseball and uh-huh. it was really a meaningless game in the grand scheme of things. Yep. But... There are no meaningless games. Ooh, that's a deep question. We'll have to come back to that. You just blew my mind, man. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so, ninth inning, Yankees are up 4-1, right? 
Uh-huh. And cut, uh, Yankees bring in their closer, Aroldis Chapman. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck Aroldis Chapman. I think we can all agree on that. Now, yeah. let me know. Let me. I was mildly rooting for the Yankees in this game. I, it was interesting uh-huh. going into the game because I was like, I don't want either of these teams to win. But watching it, this is something I do when I don't have a clear rooting interest. I'll be like, gauge my own emotions. And I was getting right. more angry when the Cubs would score. So I, 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 by this time, I was mildly rooting. 48, you were right, 48 strikeouts. Oh, nice. I was mildly rooting for the Yankees at this point. Except fuck all this Chapman. So right. I get some which pleasure. Which we can all agree on. Which we can all agree on. For so many reasons. Is there so any agree. baseball player playing right now that you can hate for like five or six different legitimate reasons? I think of all this Chapman is that guy. I don't know. I, I'll get back to you on that. Yeah, get back to you. I feel like there is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there is. <laughs> um, so they're up 4-1. Chapman comes in. He hasn't blown a regular season save all season dating back to August of last year when he played for the Cubs, right? Here's the, right. the whole kicker is that he was the guy in the ninth inning of Game 7 of the World Series. Right. He hadn't given up three or more runs in an inning since like 2013. I believe. So what does he do? He comes in. uh, I believe it goes hit, walk, hit, walk. Right? It's like a single, a double, and two walks. He gets one out. Cubs score two runs. Okay? So now it's 4-3. Bottom of the ninth. Cubs have a guy on second base and third base. First base is open. One out. He gets... And the, the heart of the Cubs lineup is coming up. Schwarber, Bryant, Rizzo. Okay? Uh-huh. He gets Schwarber out. So Schwarber's the second out. So now he's got two outs, man on second, man on third, with Chris Bryant coming up. Now, Chris Bryant is the Cubs' best hitter. Uh, he was an MVP last year, too, right? Correct. Yep. And Rizzo has been in a bit of a slump. I think he's hitting like 218 so far this year. So... Well, he's also a lefty, isn't he? Yes, which comes into play. Um, Brian's, Brian's a righty. Right. Chapman's a lefty, and so is Rizzo. I'm pretty sure. So does that mean that they want him to pitch to Rizzo and not Brian, or vice versa? You want... It's like generally... Like the rule of thumb, which isn't necessarily true all the time, but it's like you, a lefty lefty matchup uh, is an advantage for the pitcher. Okay. So because because the, I guess it was Joe. No, it wasn't Joe Buck. It was the ESPN guys who were calling the game. <laughs> the ESPN guys were saying, okay, they're probably gonna uh, intentionally walk Chris Bryant. Right. Now, I am philosophically, morally, strategically opposed to the intentional walk. As a fan. As a fan, on on multiple levels. I think... Like, if you were a manager, you would never intentionally walk someone. I would... N- no, I would not never intentionally walk someone, but I would almost never intentionally walk someone. There are so many situations that I watch baseball... Where I think the intentional walk is the stupidest 
fucking thing someone could do. Right. Right. And they it do seems, it anyway. It seems like, maybe not like cheating, but it seems like a dirty play, you know? Yeah. And now, in kind of a half-assed attempt to speed the game up, they don't even throw the pitches, right? Right. You just Which give up the base. Stupid. Right. And that's going to be the, the heart of my story here. So Chapman, who's already given up two runs, two hits, two walks, and is on his season high for pitches. He had like 34, 35 pitches already. Uh-huh. Um, they have him pitch to Bryant. Okay? Right. They and, and I'm like, okay, good. Yeah, try to get the third out. Win the game. Try to be, you know, your best against his best. Try to win the game. Right. He, even Chris Bryant who is the best or one of the best hitters in the NL, he's only hitting, like, 310. Like, you still have a 69% chance of winning this. There are two outs. Um, So he pitches him until the count gets to 3-1. and And then Joe Girardi says, intentionally walk him. Okay. Does that... That blows my mind. Like... And it boils your blood. And it, so. it boils my blood. Like, you you have your, your closer waste four pitches. Right. And then, I mean, I get it. Okay, it's three to one. Like, but if you're going to walk him, walk him. <laughs> like, uh, make... You know, they were fishing, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't working. Make a but if you're going to walk him anyway, throw another bad pitch... That he probably won't swing at. Right. I don't or know. Might. Or might. Or might because he wants to be the hero, you know? Uh, so yeah. Strike zone gets smaller and a three and one count, though. It's true. Right. No, I understand that. But I feel like they gave him almost the best situation he could have had. Like, if you're saying, okay, at, if you throw something way out of the strike zone, Throw something out of the strike zone that maybe he'll chase, and you can get it grounded. Or throw a ball and walk him, which you're going to do anyway. And you've already thrown four pitches. Why not throw a fifth pitch and see what happens? The odds are still in your favor. Right. I also think that if you're going to intentionally walk somebody, it would be a rule that you can only do it. If you throw a pitch to him, you have to throw... Oh yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, yeah, but then it gets stupider. Okay, so that's yeah. that's two stupid things that's happened already. One, you intentionally walk Chris Bryant. Two, mm-hmm. you intentionally walk him after throwing four pitches to him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you've got Rizzo. Okay, so fine, they walked Bryant. Fine, then <laughs> Rizzo comes up. And you're like, okay, this is the guy who's struggling right now. This is the left-handed batter struggling, hitting like 210, I believe. First pitch. You know what happens? I do, but you tell it to the viewers who maybe Hits him right in the arm. Yeah, <laughs> like, drills it. <laughs> drills it. <laughs> oh, my God. It was hilarious. And so he just, he, he beads in the tying run. After all that, he feeds in the tying run. Oh, like, 
I can only laugh about it because it was the Yankees. And I don't like the Yankees anyway, and I'm glad something bad happened to them. They still won the fucking game, but... Right. Oh, my not God. Not to mention, not to mention, it was not just the Yankees, but Chapman. But Chapman, yeah. Who everyone hates. Who everyone hates or should hate if right. we don't already. Yeah. I mean... Everyone can agree on it. Yeah. So much stupid in in just <laughs> one half of an inning. So much greatness, but so much stupid. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So that's my opinions of, about that. If we can circle back to the intentional walk just for a second. Sure. And I'm going to say something in defense of the intentional walk, which I also don't like. Uh-huh. Keep in mind. Mm-hmm. But I feel like one of the greatest things in baseball is like when they intentionally walk somebody and then the next guy hits a home run. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like so satisfying. Yeah. I love that. It's like, oh, here's this free run. Let me just put on base for you. Like, right. Didn't even try. Love it. Like, there are contacts. I guess the the one context where I'm most sympathetic to the intentional walk is where the runner's on, first base is empty, it's a good hitter, and there's fewer than two outs. That's the part that really drove me crazy. Right. To set up, the- set up the double play. That makes yeah. sense to me. Yep. But with two outs, which the Yankees had... If you've got two outs, you're not trying to set up the double play. You're not setting up another base that you guys can throw to to get the third out. Like, I guess second base? How often do you throw to second base to get the out? I don't know. What What do you mean? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe, like, yeah. Maybe if it's like a tough rounder up the middle or something. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, actually, I feel like with two outs and there's a runner on first, people often go to second, but I don't think it's enough of a justification to put you know, a man on for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got time for one more topic. Uh, anything you really want to squeeze in? Well, we were talking about Adam Jones before the game. Yeah, Adam Jones. I mean, before the game. Before uh, <laughs> I started recording. Um, okay, so the Orioles, first of all, are still pretty good. Uh, right. Not only pretty good, are they the best team in baseball right now? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like the Astros are really good, too. Yeah. Um, they went to Fenway Park um, last week, and the rival- what we talked about last week, the rivalry is heating up, right? Last week, yeah. we'd already had Manny Machado, Spike, Pedroia, and then yeah. uh, Red Sox pitchers threw at Machado a couple of times. Right. Um, it didn't hit him. It didn't hit him, which is bizarre. And then it, bothered, it bothers me. And then the guy who did was this a different one where the guy hit him with a off speed pitch and was clearly not trying to hit him? I don't think that was Machado. No no no. That was a that was a pitcher for the Orioles. Okay. Yeah, that was stupid. It's a, it's Xander Bogarts. Zan, it was Xander Bogarts, yeah. I think so, yeah. With a seventy six mile per hour pitch. Anyway, so then the Orioles are at Boston, and Orioles outfielder Adam Jones, after the game, says that the Red Sox fans, or a fan at least, was calling him the N-word and throwing peanuts at him. Yeah. 
Right. And no, not peanuts. An entire bag of peanuts. An entire bag of peanuts. Yeah. Um. I've got I've got a lot of opinions about this. What do you think? Well, first of all, you know, I think it's fair to say that he was not making that up. Right. Because I love the Red Sox. I feel like Boston's like a pretty racist city, though. Yeah. In yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and I may, you know, alienate hundreds and thousands of our viewers or listeners, but I feel like there's, you know, evidence to back that up out there. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, go ahead. Yeah, there's, there is. And so, and, you know, I am a heckler. You've been to baseball games with me. Mm-hmm. I love heckling players. Yeah. But that's not heckling. No. You know? That's like a hate crime. Yeah, it's verbal um, abuse. There's a difference. Yeah. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a difference between, you know, saying really mean stuff to players and saying hateful things to them. You know what I mean? Right. And I feel like it's actions like that that give hecklers like me a bad name, you know? Good point. Um, so obviously, I mean, it's an indefensible position, and then, you know, I feel like um, maybe potentially it sparks a conversation that is going to be beneficial. I mean, you can only hope that maybe something good will come out of it. Uh huh. Um, and that the media picked it up, obviously. Yeah. And, um, a lot of players have also spoken up about that, um, specifically about Boston, but also not necessarily only about Boston. Right. Now it's kind of a thing that happens around the league, and then also across sports. Yes. Uh, you know, people in the NBA are talking about it now, too, so hopefully, you know, um, hopefully that'll be that'll be something that becomes part of the conversation with baseball. Mm-hmm. Because of all the major league sports, all the professional sports in this country, uh, with the exception of hockey, which is basically all white dudes anyway, is, you know, that's been part of the, the pro of the conversation, you know, in and among the sport, and not so much in baseball. And actually, Adam Jones was the one who, you know, very... You know, he was asked about that. He's like, why aren't people talking about race in baseball when they aren't football or basketball? And he's like, oh, baseball's a white man's game. Right. And that's why we don't talk about it. So, yep. it seems fitting that after him having said that, that maybe he's, you know, his, you know, the terrible thing that happened to him hopefully will maybe start to spark that debate. Yeah. I think I agree with everything you said there. Um, We've talked a little bit about baseball being a white man's sport right now, you know, in general, on this podcast before. I think I had some thoughts about, you know, when uh, Jackie Robinson Day comes through, there seems to always be a question of why does the percentage of major league players who are uh, African American continue to decrease? I think right. it's six percent now. Well, this has something to do with it. Uh, you know, they have to put up with this kind of 
uh, racial verbal abuse in baseball. Um, but I also think that sooner or later, MLB is going to have a crisis situation on its hands. Um, you know, we, the, the average, so the, the major league baseball demographic, 70% male, of, of viewers, 70% male, 50% over the age of 55. Right. 83% white. Right? 50% over the age of 55? 50% over the age of 55. That's fucked up. Yeah. 17% 18 to 34, 26% 35 to 54. Baseball is not just a white man's sport in terms of viewership. It's also an old man's sport in terms of viewership. And right. if MLB doesn't do something, at least perception-wise, to change that, they're going to have a hard time getting people to watch baseball in 15 or 20 years. Because their, their viewers are all going to die. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like, yes, I agree with you about right now. And certainly the number of African-American players has been... Um, declining aggressively, and that's like something that a lot of players have brought up. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if you've been paying attention this season specifically with the uh, uh, with the World Baseball Classic. Uh -huh. And like this year, there was a big article about it on ESPN or uh, Sports Illustrated, maybe. Oh, see if you can find that. I will. But mm -hmm. they are talking about how baseball right now is more diverse than it ever has been. Because of international and Latino players? Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, I can't really remember. It was like on opening day, more, uh, more international players were starting than ever before. Mm -hmm. You know, vast majority of those being not white. Yeah, and we've talked about that, you know, I think that's the real value of the World Baseball Classic for Major League Baseball, and getting back to what you were talking about earlier, you know, this expand into Mexico City, expand right. into Puerto Rico or the Dominican Republic. Uh, yep. That could be an idea. However, I think that's a good idea. Here's something that they have to face, though. Only, according to the Atlantic in 2013, only 9% of their viewers were Hispanic, compared to 12% for the NBA, and here's the big one, where'd it go? 34% for Major League Soccer. I'm really interested in that, in how much uh, competition, how much of a threat there is from baseball to from Major League Soccer in the United States. In terms of getting Latino viewers, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel yeah. like nobody really watches soccer. Latinos do on some level. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, no, like Latinos watch soccer. Yeah, uh, because that's like it's a much bigger sport in their culture. Yeah, 
Like, it, I feel like old white men do not watch soccer. No, old white men do not watch soccer, but that's the problem. Old white men are old white men, and they're going to die soon. Right. Yeah. Here, here's, this is the same article. So, average sports audience, this is 2013, okay? So, this is a little dated. The average MLB game gets 690,000 viewers compared to the Major League Soccer playoff. Wait, every single game? Uh, yeah. Wow. Like, even San Diego versus Milwaukee. That average sports audience, MLB, 690,000. Right. But, I mean... The average NFL game gets seventeen million. Yeah, that's that's a skewed. That's yes. Like, you know, I still that I still guess that's more than ten times more. Yeah, it is. It is more than ten times more. But right, there's so many more MLB games than NFL games. Right. Um, average NBA game one point four million. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which is. Which, about double. Yeah, is about, but that's about on on. That's about on par. About par, yeah. Um, NBA Finals gets more than the World Series as of twenty thirteen. Seventeen. I understand million. how fucking people are not sick of the NFL NBA playoffs by the time the finals. <laughs> I do not. I do not understand it. It's LeBron James, man. I guess, but it's like. <clears throat> Okay, I was talking to my brother about this last week. It is statistically improbable for the for a team to make it to the playoffs for there to not be at least one team in the NBA playoffs that is below one five hundred. Sure, sixteen out of thirty. More than half of the teams get to go to the playoffs. Exactly. <laughs> The great thing it's, about the NBA. It's not statistically impossible, but it is statistically yeah, improbable. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 500. There's a, it, it depends what the distribution is. I think that if you cannot break the 500 mark, you do not deserve You should be disqualified. In, in sport. <laughs> you should be disqualified. They yeah. should replace your team with, like, the 16 seed should be a bunch of kittens. It's like, hey, you sucked. You, like, sucked more than you were good. Go to the playoffs, you know? <laughs> yeah. Playoffs are bad this year, too. Uh, although, right now, third quarter, Boston is up on Washington, 89-69. to 69. Yep. They're going to fall game. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm sorry. I totally sidetracked this. No, no, no. No, um, let, I mean, all I'm trying to say is... I think Major League Baseball needs to address its racism in its fans, racism in its policies and practices, not just for, like, moral, ethical reasons, but also for, like, business-related reasons. Cause right. I, and I think they know this. And that's why the Adam Jones issue really struck a nerve. Um, right. And you think they're trying to? I think they know it's an issue. I don't right. know if they're tr- I think they know it's an issue. I they If they alienate, you know, not just black audience members, but minority members in general, or young people who tend to have more progressive views on those issues, uh-huh. it's going to spell trouble for them in the near, 
near to mid-range future. Right. Um, and, and, and again, the other thing, just on the internet, what blew my mind, how you, you touched on this really briefly, how Adam Jones said it, and there was so many assholes on the internet who were like, well, prove it. Right. Coach Schilling. Ooh, I hate Coach Schilling. Coach Schilling is an asshole. I think we can all agree on that. And he is, like, leading the the crusade, you know. The, he is the the truther of Adam Jones. Right, so, yeah. That's just, that's uh, so bad. That guy works for Breitbart. Yeah. Well, he got fired from like, ESPN. TV or baseball network or something. I thought it was, I think it was or, ESPN. Like, yeah. Some pretty seriously racist shit, he was saying. Transphobic. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up. Let's end on um, something that's not going to... God, I've been angry this entire hour, Sam. <laughs> God! Well, I apologize. You're the one who like, was, felt like replaying the entire Cubs-Yankees game. <laughs> I had to get it out of my system. <laughs> Get it out of my system, man. That game just made me so mad. Alright, well, let's end it just by saying that I, you know, bringing it back to the fact that I just watched my first NBA game of the season this past week. And Does anyone need- I had, like, read about this guy, Isaiah Thomas. Before. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like I maybe saw him play last year a couple times. But it's, like, really hard to fathom how short he actually is without like watching watching him play in the NBA because he's really good he's yeah. amazing I watched the game he scored 53 points yeah but he's like you know he's a foot shorter than the next shortest guy on the on the on the court you know he's not he, that short dude I mean everything's relative he's taller than you right. I mean He's taller than me. He's shorter than you. Right. Yeah. He's considerably shorter than me. He's what, 5'7"? Five, he's 5'9". Five, nine. Five, nine. I think he's 5'7". According to Wikipedia, he's 5'9". Everybody is taller on Wikipedia than you are. <laughs> right. Especially if you're a short person. You know what I mean? You, you add a couple inches to your official height. You look at this guy play, and he's tiny. He looks like... He looks like... A child has stumbled onto the onto the NBA court. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And he's and he's amazing. It's like it's incredible to watch him play basketball because he can't. I mean, sometimes he drives to the rim and he's just so fast that he kind of just like runs through everyone's legs. You know, it's like uh, know, it's like some cartoon where it's about small animals, you know, and there's always the scene where there's, like, a stampede. Yeah. And and they have to, like, run through the legs, you know? Uh-huh. And it's... He's, he's incredibly fast, and he does that really well. But often what he'll do is he'll, like, drive so hard straight to the basket, and then he just stops immediately. And everybody else just continues, because they're so much bigger. Their, like, momentum takes them back towards the basket and then he's wide open for like a five foot jumper you know what I mean uh huh yeah and it's like they can't 
they can't not go back that fast because he'll go by them. Right. But they can't stop like he can. Yeah. So, other guys. Yeah, no, Isaiah Thomas is, is pretty amazing. Um, I feel guilty often because I, I, I feel guilty and old all the time because sometimes I long for, like, the early 90s or mid-90s NBA, which was a lot less scoring and a lot less, like, athleticism and more just, like, pounding it into the post and, like, trying to get that, you know, layup or mid-range jumper and then just hammering the other guys. Because, I mean, Isaiah Thomas, I think, is a product of his generation where the court is more open, there's more spacing, the defense can't collapse in the same way because they've got to cover your three-point shooters and they're not allowed to hand-check you as much. So, yeah, I agree with you that Isaiah Thomas is amazing. Also... They, like, they design the game plan towards that. Yeah. Like the Celtics do. They play, like, four guards and, like, a shooting forward. Yeah. Well, he's also, like... He's also really the best and really only offensive... Thread. They don't. They, Celtics. Yeah. No, I'm looking at the box score right now, and all five of the starters. Well, it's like one guy, 18 points, 19 points. Isaiah Thomas has 10 points, and then this guy Bradley has Avery Bradley. 29 yeah. points. Yeah, Avery Bradley. Yeah. So he's our high scorer, but it's like it's it's really balanced. It's always balanced. Yeah. I mean, he's not a LeBron James type of player. Right, because LeBron James is a foot taller than him and probably like 100 pounds heavier. LeBron James is probably like 300 pounds heavier. LeBron James is fucking ripped. (laughs) LeBron James is like a Disney hero is what he looks like. (laughs) He's like Gaston. (laughs) He's bigger than Gaston. Gaston's like 5'9", because it's 18th century France. 5'9 yeah. is big. <laughs> uh, you think the Celtics are going to win the series? Yes, yeah. definitely. Uh, I think Golden State's going to win the championship. Do you... Over the Cavs? Yeah, over the Cavs. It'd be hard. If they don't win the championship... I know... Oh, oh, that would be ridiculous. I it's would like, love oh, that. Hey, we already had <laughs> one of the top three players in the league, and then we went and got one of the other top three players in the league. So they have two of the top three players in the NBA, and if they don't win, then you know they don't deserve to win. I know, I know. I think they're gonna win, and I'm never gonna like bet against them, but. As part of me in my soul, the the deep dark blackness that is my soul wants them to lose so bad. You just badly. want LeBron James to win, and I want LeBron James to win. But I'd be, I want this. I'd be happy with the Spurs winning. I'd be I mean, happy with Bo- you know. <laughs> yeah. I like the Spurs. What if, what if like the Celtics? Win? How would you feel about that? I'd be fine with that. I'd I'd right. be neutral, positive. That good Little for man them. story, you know, you could relate to that. Yeah. Little man coming up big. Little man coming. I I can relate to that. I just I just don't think they will. 
I don't think they will either. But they, yeah. you know, I don't know. They got a good team. And that guy who's their coach, you know him at all? Yeah, from Butler. Uh, from Butler. Name. Yeah. And he's this weird, he's a weird dude. <laughs> he like, uh, just is totally emotionless most of the time. Does he ever wear ties? That's the one thing I always think about him. I'm always like, why does he wear a necktie? Why doesn't he wear a necktie? Yeah. Because he's like, you know, 30 years old. So? You can wear a necktie and be 30. Yes. You should wear a necktie and be 30. That's the problem with 30-year-olds these days. That's the problem with kids these days. <laughs> <laughs> Not wearing neckties to work at a job where they should wear a necktie. Yeah, I guess. Yes. I don't know. Kids these days. Right. Ah! Gonna go watch baseball where I am below the median age of the viewers. Okay. It's me, I'll be in the angry doll. Kid-related question for you. Do it. Then we gotta go. We're at an hour and 20 minutes. It's not about sports. I'm gonna ask you. No, no, ask me. You should get this on the record. Yeah. I've been noticing... And by I've been noticing, I mean, like, all of the children have these things that they hold in their hands and then they whip it with their other finger. Yeah. And it spins, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what they're called. Fidget they're spinners. Fidget spinners. Oh, right? I know. And that. it's like, yeah. you know, I like kids fine, but, like, when they're not being awesome, they're being super annoying, <laughs> I feel like. And this is, like, a thing where it's, like, I see them and they're, like, sitting on the bus just, like, and it's just like, <laughs> 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 you know, I'm like, oh, it's the most fucking annoying thing that I've ever, it's like so annoying. And then, but that's like part of me. Uh-huh. And then the other part of me is like, I really want one of those things. <laughs> like, I just want to have one. Because like, it's, it's really annoying, but I just want to like experience what's it, what it's like to have it. You know? <laughs> Yeah, no, every kid in middle school, well, almost every kid in middle school has them now. Uh, I'm just ignoring, like, I'm just ignoring it. Like, some kids are sitting there spinning them in class, and I'm like, all right, don't throw it, whatever. Um, Throw it at that other guy. Like, when when kids are, like, asking me about it, they ask me about it. Hey, have you seen these fidget spinners? Yeah. Would you buy one? Can you imagine people paying $150? No. Like, no, I don't want one. Do you want to buy mine? No, of course. I'm not going to buy your toy. Why are you trying to sell me your toy? Um, like, oh, Mr. Wright, he looks like he'd like a big spinner. You're like, no, those are the GTs. Yeah. <laughs> but then <laughs> I, I tell them about Pogs, which is a oh, thing. Yeah. Do you remember Pogs? I do. Would you say this is a comparable thing? It's what I tell the kid. It's the only thing I can relate it to that I was right. into at that age, right? Would, so it's, it's a thing kids do. Here's what amazes me about fidget spinners. And why I'm really impressed by it, mm-hmm. I mean, they're slowly driving all the teachers insane. It's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is, like, kid, you have a damn iPhone. Right. You could be playing Xbox right now in the classroom like like i am really impressed with the manufacturer slash designer of the fidget of the fidget spinner which is one piece of plastic attached to another piece of plastic right and that like 
kids are willing, kids are willing to spend their time doing, you know, going yeah. over and over and over again, rather than I don't know, access the world's knowledge in the tiny supercomputer in their pockets. Well, first of all, kids don't like to do that anyway. They, they yeah. like, you know. I mean, sorry, that's it's not just kids; people in general. <laughs> have all of the information in the world in their pocket and they just look at memes all day. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I see, I feel like the two, though, are not mutually exclusive because mostly when I see kids playing with them, I'm on the bus going to work uh -huh. um, because often I'm on the bus at the same time as kids who are going to school. Okay. And they're just like sitting on the bus spinning their fidget spinners and like also on their phones in their other hands. Oh, that's impressive. I don't even, yeah. yeah. Huh. So, it's just an ADHD thing then, like. Yes, I, I mean, you only need one hand to operate a phone, really. Yeah, do you need one hand to spin the fidget spinner? I could not do yeah. that. I you could hold not it. hold a phone in one hand and spin a fidget spinner in the other hand. You hold it with like your middle finger in your thumb, and then you, like, whack it with the pointer finger. Uh -huh. Or maybe you hold it with your thumb and your pointer finger and whack it with your head. Huh. Yeah. Well, let's see. What, let's, I, I'm really curious. Let's time how long the fidget spinner craze lasts. Right. Well, and also, like, you should somehow figure out a way to put a monitor on the price of those things, too. Yes, because you know, they are selling it, them, like, for a lot on the internet. It becomes, like, maybe it becomes, like, a collector's thing. Because that's what Cog was like. Right. Magic the Gathering also. Yes, I did that. I loved Magic mm -hmm. the Gathering. Oh, man. I was such a nerd. Still am. Love it. <laughs> here's something. Here's, still, here's, still play Magic the Gathering. Yeah. <laughs> here's something that I was really astounded by today at work. Some of the kids put pencils in the fidget spinners and were spinning them on the tables and had made them into tops. And the kids, like, the kids were fascinated by it, rightfully, rightfully so. But I'm like, congratulations, kid. You just turned this into, what, the second oldest child's toy that ever existed? What's the first oldest, the rock? The ball, the ball is what I was going to say. Same thing. Rock. Kids play with rocks. Some kid just handed me a rock today. That was really weird. Yeah. It was after lunch and he was going to class and he just like, here you go, mister. And he just put the rock in my hand. It was a rock. Was it a cool rock? Eh. Medium? Medium. Yeah. Depends where your interest in rocks lie. Not strong. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've I mean, gone off the know, rails. I like cool rocks. I, I like cool rocks too. <laughs> Alright, we've gone off the rails. We are real, yeah. really over time. We were worried that we wouldn't have enough to talk about to fill up an entire hour without Jesse. Right. We're way over time. Right now. Yeah. How long has it been? Too long. One hour, 23 minutes. Oh, Jesus. Alright, play us out. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to play us out. Thank you very much if you are still listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back. You're out next week, Sam? Uh, I might be able to figure out a day. I just have so, so much work next week. Yeah.
So we'll try to be back next week. Maybe we'll have a, a no Sam episode. Uh, right. But we'll do our best to do it next week. If not, we will see you next time. Thanks very much. Have a pleasant evening. About that life. You ain't about that. That price tag, you ain't about that. That bitch you love, but we pop that. That shit you talk, you ain't about that. Don't get caught in that trap. Niggas ain't about that action. You can keep your chain. My niggas don't want that blast.